guys. Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Ah, I've left this to the very fucking last minute, as usual. Not as usual, but as typical in these last couple of weeks. I don't know, it's just been one of those... And I've just been busy. I painted Bunny's room this week. I had a lot of work. I just hung out with my kids um, and my husband, both of who getting on my fucking nerves. My husband claims he can't fit in cars. He's about six feet tall, and he's always like, my legs, I don't have any leg room. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Bend your fucking legs. Bend them. It's a 20-minute ride. Calm down. The only reason we're even in my car is because this car is always dirty. The air conditioner is stuck on. And uh, he never has any fucking gas. He's grounded from my fucking minivan. He can't ride it anymore. The next time he's going to ride in it is when I pick up his ashes from the crematorium. That's the next time. He's done. (laughs) My kids just pissed me off right before I (laughs) recorded this podcast. I had to go take a shower and calm the fuck down. I did a lot more yelling than I would like. It is my ultimate goal. I'm a yeller by nature, to be honest. But it's my ultimate goal to, to be more calm in general when I'm upset with my kids because, I mean, I just think I'm going to get my point better. I think people react better to it, but, I mean, they're on my fucking nerves. I had to take a shower and calm down before I got on this fucking podcast and grounded all of you guys too. Everybody's fucking grounded. My husband's grounded. The kids are grounded. Y'all are grounded. Everybody's grounded. (laughs) So what have I been up to since the last time I talked to you guys? I have been... um, I'm still catching up on Big Bang Theory. It's fine. I don't know why I'm still watching it. It's fine. <laughs> I I have talked extensively about why I do not understand why they hang out with Sheldon because he's so fucking mean. And especially the first se- the first two seasons, he's extra fucking mean. But people told me he was going to soften, and he does. It's a much better character. They gave him some nuance. Because those first, I was like, Why? They don't work with him. He's not a Dwight from The Office. He's not a, a Dina from Superstore. You have to show up to your... They live with him. Well, Leonard lives with him. And I've, they've softened him a bit. I see I see some differences there. I've been watching that. I don't know. They've got a billion seasons. The reason I'm watching... I, I realize the reason I'm watching. They have a million seasons and I haven't seen it. That's why. And it feels like everything else I'm watching is either COVID content... I don't want to watch or rich people COVID content, which I really don't want to watch. I was, I had like 15 minutes to myself and I laid on the couch just to watch something mindless. And I turned on the Kardashians and I was like, Oh no, I had to turn it off. Um, all of their problems they're having are the same problems I'm having. And that's not, I don't want to watch my problems on TV. And secondly, the problems, everything that's good that's happening for them is because they have a ton of money to throw at, which I don't have. So like rich people COVID content, mm-mm, I'm done with that. Um, so, but Big Bang, I can watch the Big Bang Theory and there's no COVID and I've never seen it before. That is why I'm watching it. I'm also listening to the back catalog of the uh, Reply All. Um, that, that's a podcast I always mean to listen to, but never start listening to it because I was like, maybe in the right mind space. I figure they're going to tell me a bunch of things I don't know about the internet. That's not true. I guess I know a lot about the internet. Some of the stuff that they are that they are like learning, maybe season three. I think I'm in season three by now, right? Some of the stuff they're learning in there, I'm like, you didn't know that. 
But they do stress me out. And the reason they stress me out is because they do things like fly to India to confront scammers and like like start fights with hacking collectives. Like they, they really stress me out sometimes. Stress me out. Um, but I'm enjoying the content and I'm skipping like stuff that I'm like, I'm not gonna be interested in that. But I'm going through that. What else am I doing? I'm working on some projects around my house. I am making plans because I'm going to build a deck. I'm also going to put some plant boxes in because I'm going to, as a project, me and the kids are going to grow some things outside. And we're going to just, like, have to deal with it if the garden fails. You know what I mean? Like, whether it, whether it thrives or fails, we are going to do it together and enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, like... I'm trying to stay busy. I feel like a ton better. Um, definitely over my seasonal depression. Uh, this year, like normally what I do is I get off the internet in October and I just kind of mind my fucking business from about the beginning-ish to mid-October, maybe October 15th or so, and then through the new year. And then I just kind of like mind my business, focus small, focus on doing things, um, completing things, being productive, resting when I need to, like, just, like, back to basics, basically. Have you eaten? What did, what did you do for yourself today? How did you, what, how did you play today? Did you play a video game? Did you, did you turn on a shitty TV show and then also bust out a book and read the book and watch a TV show at the same time, which is something I used to do as a teenager all the time? Did you walk today? Did you, like, like, back like getting back to the very basics of what it is to be alive and I usually do that from October to from October to December and I didn't do that this year uh in 2020 and it was a big fucking mistake you live and you fucking learn so so next year I will definitely take my internet break like I normally do and mind my fucking business and next year I'm also going to make sure I like in the month of December I am not doing anything. Nobody's getting any podcasts from me. Nobody's getting any works from me. Nobody's getting shit from me. I'm just going to dick around, hate Christmas all I fucking want to, and just like live my life. That's a promise I make to myself. Or if I, if next year you hear me talking shit, remind me that, that, that I need to do those things. Anything else? Oh, guys, I'm a little late this month, but we made a donation. The people who subscribe to the Patreon, um... I donated some of the money that you guys give me every month to an organization I feel like needs it. So let me just, because I think I already forgot the name. So back in September, a user, a user, a, again, watch and reply all too much, listening to reply all too much. Um, a listener, her name is Rachel. I'm not going to say her last name. It's none of my business to say her last name. Um, suggested that one of our donations month should go to Edmark Children's Hospice. It is located in Portsmouth, I believe. And that's in Hampton Roads, which is a, it's not a city. I mean, they call the area the seven cities because each of these are different cities. But um, it's an area I grew up in and my parents still live in. And I guess she's from there as well, or maybe still lives there. And what they do is they provide services to family with terminally ill children. Um, and, you know, it could be... <laughs> I mean, I don't think we 
we don't even realize how much we need when we're sick. You know, like if I were to catch, catch, if I were to get cancer today, um, be diagnosed with cancer today, like being treated like for cancer takes so much out of you. Like, um, and in, in like some people can't work during cancer treatments. Um, who's going to feed your kids? Who's it like, that's when it's a person. Now imagine it's your child and, and everything that, I don't know, everything you have to do to take care of them during that time, you need some support and not everybody has a ton of support. And especially in that area, cause the big military area, area, there's so many fucking bases around there. And like lots of people are far away from their families. So they help with nursing bereavement. It says patient and family support and perinatal. So they just do a lot of like cool stuff and they don't charge family. So they, they run, they live in down donations and we're in COVID time. So they're not doing as much fundraising as they normally do now. Do when I, when we donate, <laughs> I don't donate like a ton of money, but you know, some of you guys' money went that way this month. And if you have a couple extra bucks that you'd like to send that way, you can, you can find them at, let me make sure I get the website complete edmark.org. Um, thanks Rachel for suggesting. Thanks to all the Patreon subscribers because the fact that you like, you're subscribing because you enjoy the content I put out. I understand that. But the fact that you subscribe means that I get to keep doing this podcast. Otherwise, I don't know if I would be still doing this podcast, you know? Maybe I would have given it up during COVID because I'd be like, oh, it's too hard. But the fact that you guys are subscribing means that I do this pod, I make time to do this podcast every month and um, every month, every week, twice a week for subscribers. And I just, I just really appreciate you guys. And so every month I try to donate some of that money someplace else. And this month it was them. You, if you guys have suggestions for places that I could choose, please comment on the, if you're a Patreon member, you go and you comment under the post on Patreon or you can go on Instagram. I did a post about this donation as well. So thank you guys. I think that's it. I think that's all the show business. Oh, we got some more show business. So here's the fucking deal. <laughs> I looked at my calendar cause I was like, Oh, remember you're going to ask more people to be on the podcast. You're going to, you know, so you got to be looking at like when people are going to be on stuff. And I was like, so how long am I going to be doing season six by pumpkin? And I fucking look at the shit. And because I'm doing a Bravo show, that has too many episodes all the time. I would be doing, if I did one episode every week, I'd be doing this this till April. April. I've never done a, a season of Buy Pumpkin for that long. And I don't want to. <laughs> the thing is, is that the fact is, is that like every new season, I get to go somewhere else and do something else. And I just do not want to be for four months doing Real Housewives of Miami. So I've decided I'm going to burn off two episodes um, a week. And that's, it's more time, like, it's more time consuming content, but I think it's worth it because by that, if I do that, we should be at the end, at the end of February, and then we'll choose a new season. I think that's the way, like, that's the spirit in which I started by pumpkin. Um, also Bravo needs to cut down the episodes. I know the reason they do so many fucking episodes is advertising because, the more episodes they have, the more advertising space they have, the more like it, that's why they do so many episodes. They do not need, they honestly could do almost, 
I can't think of a season. Maybe the Vicky Brooks season needed more episodes. There's probably two seasons of Atlanta that if I really sat down and think about it, I would say need more episodes. I just feel like most of them could be done in 12 episodes. And that includes two reunions. They really could be, like, let's shorten these storylines. And as a reality TV connoisseur that I know you are, because otherwise why are you listening to this? You know that a good portion of these scenes is something happens, then we have to watch a scene of someone explaining what happened to someone who they, you know they've already told. Like, guys, if I went to a party and somebody yanked my hair, best believe my fucking husband knows about it before the next morning at breakfast. Best motherfucking believe. There's no... <laughs> if somebody said... I had a sex dungeon. Believe you me, you I wouldn't be telling my very close friends about it. Two weeks later, you would already know because I would have texted you why the shit was happening, okay? So like that, we, we have a lot of those scenes where people go to dinner to discuss the thing. Like, and we can cut a good portion of those. 10, I'm telling you, we could do a 10 episode season. And I know the New York girls like to go off to the Berkshires for three fucking episodes. And yes, those three episodes are really fucking good, but you cut four other episodes. <laughs> you really could. I, I, I issue this challenge to Bravo. Not that anybody's listening for Bravo, but it's too much. It's too many episodes. <sighs> Nobody's going to listen. It's a, it's a money thing. It's the reason they do it. Okay, the whole point of this rant <laughs> was that I'm going to be doing two episodes every week. Um, that shit finishes up by the end of February. I'll do a couple of uh, palate cleansers, and then we'll be on the season seven of By Pumpkin. I am enjoying this season of Real Housewives. I'm enjoying doing the Real Housewives of Miami. I'm enjoying being back in this space. I'm enjoying the silliness of all this stuff. I will say this. I have always felt like this season two of The Real Housewives of Miami is such a good season, all around season. However, I am enjoying it less right now than, than I have in the past. And I'm not sure what the difference is that I've already seen it or that, I don't know, I'm enjoying it a little less. And I'm interested in how, and when I get to February, some, is it because I'm doing it for a podcast and it's almost like work? What is it? But I'm interested in February and going back and seeing if I still believe that this that this season is is an essential season to watch or not. I don't know. Let's talk in February. Okay, I think that is everything. Um, hmm. All right. So the names of the episode. So it's it's episode three and four of season two, and the names of the episodes are a mint. Meltdown. Mint is the name of Roman's Club. M-Y-N-T. And she beat me to the tweet. They aired respectively on September 27th, 2012, and October 4th, 2012. So this is how we start off. Joanna and Roman are in bed, and Roman is ignoring her for his Blackberry. Guys, remember when we used to have Blackberries? <laughs> I used to do a lot of tech writing back when Blackberries were... Uh, right before Rem Research and Motion, that's who owned BlackBerry, uh, essentially went bankrupt. 
And, but it was it was during a big height of like people having blackberries. And so I have to do a lot of tech content marketing. So I would have to write. <laughs> I would sometimes like I would spend a month writing like article after article after article about how to clean the lint from behind your ball on the blackberry. <laughs> Cause I have to write it over and over and over again in different ways um for different clients. So that like they could use it to uh, like how to reset your Blackberry, what to do with a cracked screen for your Blackberry, like shit like that. Ugh. Anyway, she is asking him, she's like jumping on him. He's just like not having it. He's doing emails. And she's like, how many men would be want to be in your position? And he's like, how many men know that you're such a pain in the ass? Um, also, I hate that. I def- I'm like... Through the course of this podcast episode, I'm going to defend Roman a lot because I feel him a lot. Um, like you're not just in a bed straddling Roman. There's a cameraman that there and a producer <laughs> and like, yeah, he's, I don't think Roman is not, Roman's not a Peter. <laughs> he's not a Peter Thomas. He, he, he's not someone who comes alive on camera and that's like all in on the fucking camera stuff. Even to a certain extent, Todd's that way with candy. Like he, like we're here to do a thing. And Roman seems like someone who's difficult to, to film sometimes because one, we've already had these conversations. Also, this is silly. Like, and I can see, and I feel like I'd be like that too. They'd be like, well, princess, can you talk about? The thing I'd be like, we already talked about that. And it was like, well, can you act like this the first time you're talking about it? No, I can't act like this the first time I'm talking about it. I always talk, I already talked about it. Like I can't control my face. And I, I can see myself being like that, being like, get off me. <laughs> I, do not, I, I don't want someone to turn the camera and turn on fucking Bravo and see you straddling me in my bed. I don't want that. So get off of me. And it, it doesn't, you know. It doesn't matter anyway because Marta calls her out of the room to tell her that she's going to move in with Lisa. And Joanna's like, you're my sister, not her sister. And Marta says Roman is shady and hates her. I think Roman does hate her. But even like Kara is watching this season of Miami. Um, And keep in mind, she's never watched this season. She's never watched. I I think she, this is her first time ever watching any Miami. She watched the first season, which I told her not to, but she's she's a completionist. And she said that she feels like Roman and Marta, like either want to fuck or have fucked. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's too much tension between them. It's just too much. Um, and Joanna says they're having big problems already. He's got a lot of work and he's becoming a citizen and it's not really about Marta. Um, so Karen is on Skype with Rodolfo explaining the talk from that party that we talked about last week. Again, this is one of those scenes where somebody else has to explain what happened in another scene. Like she, this better not be the first time Rodolfo's hearing about this. Karen says that Adriana offered her the phone, Anna offered her the phone see the text message, but Karen didn't want to see it. Girl, couldn't be me. I would have been like, hand it over. I would have taken pictures of the shit. I would have... <laughs> Give me the evidence. I, I mean, lately I've been thinking a lot that like maybe I want to know too much, but mm, I don't think I'm going to be changing. I, <laughs> I would have been like, absolutely hand me over that phone. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, 
<laughs> no, wait, hold on. Let me get to this next part. Rodolfo says she shouldn't have to defend herself and her and their relationship. And that she needs to walk away anytime someone tells her anything bad about him. Karen is a fucking idiot. Listen, if it wasn't true, I understand you. I understand you being like, I don't want people talking shit about me. I get that. Got it. But if it wasn't actually true, I would have been like, show me the fucking text messages. Show it to me. The fact that he's like, if anybody tells you anything about me, just run away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because... Because he's a goddamn liar. I, <laughs> and we, you know what? We're going to talk more about Rodolfo. We're going to talk more about Rodolfo. But that's where they leave that. So Adriana is looking at art. She's been working in galleries for seven years. She's, a, she's an art dealer. She's this bitch went to the Sorbonne. <laughs> that's a big deal. It's, a, it's an art school in Paris. It's a big fucking deal. She's talking with her business partner about how people just show up to gallery and hang out. Like they come to these like parties to be seen and to have champagne and stuff. And she wants people that actually buy art and that are interested in art to come to these parties, even if it means it's a smaller party, which I understand. Like, why are we buying all this champagne and holding these big ass parties for people who just want to like want to be out tonight, you know? take selfies and shit and sip champagne. No. Um, next scene, Lisa and her insane body. Lisa has an insane fucking body are out by the pool and her pet project Daisy. Remember Daisy owns a cleaning service and that somehow, (laughs) I guess that cleans Lisa's house. And so Daisy brings her a vodka and Red Bull and they talk about whether Lisa's the princess of the house she says that good things happen to good people. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what a rich white lady would say. <laughs> I'm rich because I'm a good person. I have been, I've gotten opportunities because I'm a good person and I'm a hard worker. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a good person. Like that's exactly what they, see, when you think of life that way, that means that anything bad that's happened to someone is because they're a bad person. And that is literally how a lot of people think about the, the poor in this, in this country, that the reason people are poor is because they're either stupid or they're bad when it's like much more fucking complicated than that. It's not something that like, I'm not like disappointed in hearing Lisa say that. Cause it's absolutely a take. I think, you know, I think she would think of. So Lisa, so Lisa gets a call from Joanna inviting her to the club anniversary party. That's Roman's club. His, his, his party, his club's been open for 10 years in Miami. That's a big fucking deal. Club's open for a year, maybe two, and then go under. Um, and what Lisa wants to do, she wants to have a little shindig before the party, like a pre-party, like have all the girls from the show come over. You know, they say all the girls, like those, these are the only people they know. But all the girls from the show come over to her her house beforehand, have some drinks, have some sushi, and then they'll head over to the um, anniversary party. Um, and at first I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But then I was like, oh yeah, like princess, you don't go to clubs. I was like, you will be hungry. But then I was like, mm, princess, people don't go to clubs at 5 p.m. What the fuck are you talking about? So it makes a lot of sense. You guys go hang out, you have something, you get over there. I don't know. 
eight-ish or whatever, you have some food, you have some drinks, you pre-party it, then 10-ish you go over to... To the, what, that doesn't make any sense. I think people go to, don't people go to clubs at midnight? You guys explain to me how clubs work. I've never been a club person. I've been a dive bar type of person. Like, do you, <laughs> you guys remember that show PJ's Boys or My Boys? It was called My Boys and it was on fucking TBS or something. And they used to, and it was about a, a sports writer named PJ who was just a, a guy's girl and she had a group of guy friends that she used to hang out with all the time and she would do um voiceovers like Carrie Bradshaw and she didn't say I couldn't help but wonder all the time but she would say things like that's when we knew we were losing Bobby to the to his new girlfriend <laughs> shit like that and they would always go to these dive bars and play like and play like board games and shit there. And like, those are my type of bars. I am definitely somebody who wants to go to a trivia night and play darts and pool and stuff. I am not somebody who needs, <laughs> especially not this Miami type club. That's not, I wouldn't even get, I, they wouldn't even let me in. They wouldn't let me in. I'd be in my, in my, uh, casual elegance, uh, pajamas. And some slippers, and they'd be like, ma'am, please go home. <laughs> but I'm just assuming, you know what? Mm, you know what? I think I got it. Don't, don't, don't DM me. Um, <laughs> they probably got over to Lisa's at like nine o'clock, had a little dinner, had a little, a little something, 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 some drinks. They're over there for like two hours. At 11, they go off, right? And yeah, I think that's what happened. That's. <sighs> Thank God I worked at that timeline. So, <laughs> um, they also talk about whether Leah, so Leah's also doing like a volunteer, like just a meetup for volunteers of her, for her gala and stuff. And um, they're both invited, but they talk about whether Leah invited each one in person or assistant. An assistant called Lisa, but Leah called Joanna herself. Listen, Leah is a ball buster. She's from Texas. <laughs> I think she's from Houston. I think I feel Houston's so big. A lot of people are from Houston. That's why I'm just assuming but she's got, you know, she's just, she's got a loud bird laugh and she's, she's a type of woman. Think about her. She's a type of woman. She's older. A type of woman that doesn't think much of Lisa, right? Leah's circle has seen many a trophy wife come and go. You, and Leah seems like the type of chick that stays friends with the husband because he's got the money or, or he's the, you know, he's, he's got the money. So what happens is that Leah hangs out with all these people and things and, you know, the women change every, every couple of years, right? So this year at the gala, so-and-so, you know, Mr. So-and-so's bringing a new person. And so she's seen these girls. I don't think she thinks much of Lisa. Um, Lisa is impossibly beautiful and she just doesn't do much. Um, you know, she reminds me a lot of an Alexis Bellino. Remember when Alexis Bellino was like, I'm working now, Vicky. <laughs> Vicky was like, good for you. <laughs> that it, this type of dynamic where, uh, Leah doesn't think much of Lisa. And I think that bums Lisa out a lot. I, I think, like I said, I think what's happening here is show shit. I think it's like, 
Lee is treating Lisa like she's a junior member of the show and Lisa wants to be treated like I'm on the show now and I'm your equal. And Leah's like, you will not be here next year, two years or five years from now. Um, I, I think that's what that is. Um, but again, I'm unsure of what Lisa wants from Leah. Like, do you want her to offer to film with you? What do you, what has Leah done to you? I don't think she's done anything. She keeps saying that she's not her favorite person. She's so mean. It's like, why? Cause she didn't, cause she, I don't know. You got invited to the thing, didn't you? The assistant called you. Maybe, maybe they're all making calls at the same time. And so a third of the people got, you know, or half of the people got calls from Leah and half of the people got calls from the assistant. I don't know. I think Lisa's putting too much on Leah and who the fuck is Leah anyway? You know? Um, next we go to Leah and Frida. And let me tell you right now, I hate this fucking relationship. I, <laughs> Carol was also texting me about this. Now, listen, I, <laughs> first of all, so Leah, let me, t- let me just describe the situation. And then I'll give you my commentary. Leah employs Frida. She is a housekeeper, not a nanny, but, um, you know, I think she, she would do small things with RJ, but not, but she's a housekeeper. Like she, you know, she'll, she'll make RJ a, a snack and shit, but she's not, she's not in charge of RJ. Um, and by the way, Frida still works for Leah, still works for Leah, right? In 2020, they, Frida is on Leah's, uh, Instagram. Okay. <laughs> um, Frida is an Afro, uh, Latina. I won't presume to know what's what type. Uh, they are in Miami, but Miami brings a lot of different Latinas, Latinx people. Okay. So she is an Afro Latina. She's an older lady. And they want us to think that this is a Jeff Zoilo relationship. Frida lives in the, I guess she lives in the pool house or she lives, she has her own little apartment in the house. It's probably uh, staff quarters. And, you know, Leah says that she has to follow behind her, turning off the Spanish, the, her soap operas and turning off the Spanish radio station behind her and that Leah buys her things and Leah takes her places. Let me tell you why I don't like it. She's essentially Leah's pet who sometimes does housekeeping work. And the optics on this, I fucking hate it. This white woman who essentially has this older black woman as a pet. And I know there's lots of people that'll be like, Princess, you're reading too much into this. No, the fuck I'm not. No, I'm not. It's gross, guys. There is a scene where Frida or Leah is going up to where Frida's room is or quarters. I don't know if she, I don't know if that includes, it has like a kitchen area in there or not. I don't know if it's just a room. I don't know what, you know what I'm saying? But, um, she goes up there to do Frida's hair. And what she does is she plaits Frida's hair. She, she doesn't even two strand twist. She, she puts like actual braids, little tiny braids in her hair and then puts these, I don't know. Some people call them pom-pom bows, uh, I've always called them ball barrettes. And what they are is they're little 
They're little hair ties. They're ponytail holders that have balls on them at the end. They're for children is what they are. And she puts them all on Frida's hair. <laughs> I had such a visceral reaction to this white woman platting this black lady's hair. Such a visceral reaction to it. I don't, I, I honestly do not care if people stop listening to this podcast because I said that. That, you guys, that is a bad, bad, bad visual, okay? And the reason is this, um, I'm, try, I'm gonna try, Princess Social Justice Corner, let me try to make it quick, is that black hair is such an object of disdain, wonderment, ownership, that like, Part of the reason black women do do not let you touch their hair is because it makes them feel like a zoo and an animal, uh, animal in the zoo being petted. And also body autonomy is something that is very new to black people. Just a couple of generations old where you could, where you might not be somewhere and a fancy white woman drives by and points out one of your children and wants you to send that child over to her house and you kind of have to. That a white woman might just walk up to you and say, you're so cute and start rubbing. Like this, like, this is generational trauma. This is one of the reasons black women are so fucking touchy, uh, touchy about you getting in their personal space, touching their hair, doing shit like that to them. Let me tell you, if you <laughs> if you ever see me somewhere and a white woman is plaiting up my hair, okay, and these little girl braids, check my pulse, bitch. I'm dead. If I didn't fight her back, I'm dead. I'm dead. She's weakening and burning me, okay? That bitch is make, pretending to make me walk over there. I never, if you don't see me fighting a bitch back, I'm dead. <laughs> it is... I know there are people that, that'll be like, no, Frida caught a lick. She don't do shit over there. They braid her hair. Then they start, then they go over to teach her how to swim, which is a stereotype about black people that they don't know how to fucking swim when plenty of black people know how to swim. But the reason it's not a, a thing where it's not a traditionally black thing is because for many years, black people had nowhere to swim. We weren't allowed to swim in pools and city pools. We weren't, uh, unless you lived next to the water, you didn't have access to water. Sometimes you didn't have access to beaches. Even the, like culturally swimming is not something that we're known for because for many generations, we were not allowed to go places and recreationally swim. So, so when, whereas, whereas swimming is not something that's like entrenched in black people culture it does not mean that people can't swim so then after putting all these fucking bows in her hair they take her over to the pool to be like let's teach her how to swim rj <laughs> let's teach her how to be people and she gets it frida's not wearing a bathing suit um i assume for a number of reasons one she doesn't own one and two what older lady wants to be on camera in a swimsuit Strange. So Leah sits on the on by next to the pool, and her son RJ proceeds to help teach Frida how to swim. And Leah goes, "Why isn't she wearing her bathing suit?" 
And RJ goes, you didn't buy her one. And she goes, I have to buy her one. I got to buy everything. And Frida's just swimming and and jumping in the pool with RJ. Now, one more thing I want to bring up. The fact that Frida is playing with the little Bo Barrettes, which are, again, for children, okay? And not even, like, 10-year-old children. Like, <laughs> towards, even a fourth or fifth grade, you've, you've graduated from these Barrettes, okay? Um, they are for little girls, little girls. Um, so between the scenes of her playing with the Barrettes and jumping in the pool and whooping and hollering with RJ... Uh, there have been some questions about, um, Frida's, uh, neurotypicalness, um, whether she has some developmental disabilities, things of that nature. And I want to say this, if you're watching this, I have not seen anything. I specifically tried to search I, cause you know, the question of like, is Leah, is she a housekeeper? I mean, um, is Leah kind of taking her in and she does housework around the house is like, what's the deal with this? Um, I used to work for a man who would hire people with developmental disabilities to do odd jobs around the restaurant we worked in because you get tax breaks for them. And so I was like, you know, is there, is like, how does Leah know Frida? And I can't get much, there's no information about that. And it's not like, and when you see her on Leah's 2020 Instagram, she isn't playing with bows like that and, and flopping around like that. She seems very lucid. She seems to act in the manner of a woman her age. I'm assuming she's in her eighties now. She's, I mean, she's aging great, but I'm assuming she's, you know, she's getting up there and her mannerisms, her speech, all, all fit in with that age. Right? Unlike in this scene where it seems like she's acting a lot younger. So I think this scene, I wouldn't read too much into that unless you know, specifically I would read into that white woman doing her hair and, and for all I know, Frida loves it. Frida's like, I got this. Listen, I tricked this white lady into paying me every week. And she does my hair and, and takes me swimming. Woohoo! I don't know. I don't fucking know. But the visual's gross. It almost seems like it was done for camera. Like, the, she was, they were like, well, what a, tell us more about your lifestyle. Well, you know, I have Frida. And, you know, me and Frida are real close. I even do her hair sometimes. Oh, you do her hair? Let's see that. Like, that, I don't know. It, it seemed gross. And, um, I don't know if Frida in, is featured more in this season. I felt like she was featured a lot, but at the same time, I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna say that maybe this scene like burned into my memory and made it seem like she was on a lot. I'm not sure. I do invite you guys to comment either on the Patreon post or the Instagram post if you know I mean, no, like you've seen it somewhere. I don't mean like you looked at it and you're like, I feel like that. I, Cause if you know if there's more to the story with Frida, because what I saw, I don't like, I do not like. And also again, if you see a white lady trying to do my hair, girl, 
you see, <laughs> I was in a work environment. So I wear, I'm, I'm breaking my rule. I don't talk about my hair with white people. <laughs> and I know most of you guys listening are white, but I wear braids. Um, and it's a type of braid. It's more complicated than that, but I'm going to just simplify it. It's a type of braid. It's called a full lock. So the way it's, the way it's, uh, done, some people think it looks like dreadlocks. It does not, but it can, I guess it can be mistaken from far away. I don't think it looks like dreads, but I like the, in, I like the tips of them. I'm very particular about the tips of my braids. I don't like, I, I'm very, I'm just very particular about the tips of my braids. So, um, I wear those and in a work situation, a white lady said, I, I, I walked past her desk. I did say hello to her. And then I went back to my own desk and minded my business. Like I try to do. And she sent me an email that said, I love your hair. That was the thing. And I just sent back and said, well, thank you. And she goes, I know I'm not supposed to touch it. And I was like, yeah. I mean, this is an email exchange we're having. And I was like, yeah, you're not supposed to touch it. And she was like, but is there any way I could touch? I was like, no, <laughs> no. And she was, and then she sent back a very quick, oh, okay. And I was just like, why do you need to? Why do you fucking need to? <laughs> I have never in my life wanted to touch someone's hair. I've never, like, I've worked around white people plenty, well, most of my working life. And I've never been like, you know what? Can I hold that braid? <laughs> Can you just, let me, let me just feel what it feels like. Would you mind if I just run my hands through your hair real quick? I would never do that. But white people stay asking. And so watching Leah <laughs> plait that girl's hair. Also, um, I think another thing that like really turned me off about it is because getting your hair did, getting your hair braided, plaited, um, is such a little black girl thing to do. You know, it's, it's like, it's a rite of passage in little black girls lives. And like, I have such visceral memories from sitting between my mom's legs on the floor with my bow, like can, like it was like, you know what it was, you know, the, <laughs> you know, those Danish cookies that it's never what's supposed to be inside the, the, the cookies are never in the tin. Cause people, black people put whatever they want to in it. And so <laughs> that Danish tin would have my barrettes in it and I would bring it down. My mother would grease my hair and, uh, plait it or whatever she was going to do to it. And like, it's such a visceral memory. Like if I try, if I close my eyes, I can feel what my mother's knees feel like because my hands would be on her legs and my palms would be on her knees. And it was a Sunday night thing and my hair should last till Friday or, you know, it was, Oh, you're, you're doing a picture day. So I'm gonna do it. To, like it, it was a big deal. And So it might be hard for you guys to understand, but watching someone plait a black woman's hair is like, it's such an intimate thing. Not, not that we can't see it happening, but for someone to do it for you is such an intimate thing. And the types of plaits she was doing. So when I'm saying plaits, I mean, they're usually small. I mean, I guess some people say twists for plaits, but, um, they're usually small braids. And so the types of things she were doing was very like, um, juvenile and very like something you do to a child. And so like, just that visual, I was like, no, 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 not this, not this. 
anyway, I'm gonna stop talking about it, but it was, <laughs> I talked about it a lot because guys, it looked like Miss, Miss Seeley from the color pulp. It looked like Scarlett O'Hara doing Miss Seeley's hair. Now think about how wrong that, that looks, that looks like. That's how wrong this looked like. <sighs> okay. So the next thing we see is like there, this is just like, some of these things are just one sentence things of what happens. Marisol has a magazine article written about her and a day in the life of her throwaway thing. Um, again, something you could cut. Like, I know they wanted Mama Elsa in this show, but Marisol could absolutely have been a friend of, which means we only see her in the scenes with the groups, but they wanted Mama Elsa. And I feel like they could have just thrown in one or two, one Mama Elsa scene every other, every other episode and only see Marisol with the groups. That's what they should have given us. Like our scenes by herself are boring and we don't need this many episodes. So uh, Joanna and Roman are driving his car all fucking fast because he's got to get to his citizenship. Um, he was born in France. He grew up in Brazil and later moved to the U.S. He, when he comes out of that citizenship uh, ceremony, he's like tippity tapping out. And I'm confused because it seems like Joanna stayed outside. But at the citizenship, especially before COVID times, so this is fucking, what is this, 2012? Um, aren't you allowed to bring someone with you? You get, a, you get, I think you can get two or three people you're allowed to have two or three people watch the ceremony. Maybe they don't let the camera watch the ceremony, but I was a little confused by that. Um, so, you know, they have some convo about whether Roman will say he's American or French. And he says he's American. He just gave up his French citizenship and he's American now all the time, baby. All the time, baby. <laughs> Joanna says she, she identifies as a Polak living in America. She will always say the Polish part of her. That's very important to her. Even though she came here when she was five and then they, you know, Joanna came there with her five with her mother and her mother showed, came with $200. And Roman says he came, he showed up with $1,000, which was gone in two months. And he's worked his way up through the restaurant, hospitality, nightlife scene of Miami. He started off like, you know, hosting, waiting tables, uh, busing tables and shit. And now he's on a club for 10 years, which, you know, inspiring. I mean, own it. Yeah, that's fucking inspiring. All right, so now we're back at Lisa's, Leah's house, and Leah's having the volunteers over. Lisa is still complaining about Leah. And so she's talking about, so um, Leah's, Joanna's there, Lisa's there, Leah's, it's Leah's house. Everyone's dressed very casually. We're talking about the volunteer things you can do, and it's going to be stuff like, uh, gathering lists, getting people to donate, things like, they're just talking about things you can do. And then Elaine Lancaster shows up. And Elaine Lancaster is a drag queen, um, played by James, okay? James is Leah's best friend, apparently. They're very tight. Now, here's what I don't understand. I don't understand what Elaine Lancaster's doing there. Because James is in full fucking drag for this very casual little thing. He's not out in the town. So I don't understand why he's there in full fucking drag at this volunteer thing. And then he starts talking because Leah's talking about, you know, what's going to happen. And James, or excuse me, Elaine pipes up and is like, well, am I going to be allowed on the, the red carpet last time? Because Marisol didn't let me on the red carpet. And they were, it didn't, I don't remember what they were talking about. They weren't talking about this though. 
And so James being like, I would, I didn't get to go on the red carpet. And Leah's like, well, next time you will. And he's like, cause she didn't think I was important enough. And she didn't let me on the red carpet. And I'm like, this is giving me Don Juan vibes. Now, <laughs> please don't tell Don Juan that I'm talking about him. Because Don Juan comes from people. I respect Don Juan as like a dependable person, as Candy's good friend and employee and someone that like really does a lot of, and like handles his business. I dislike intensely when I watch scenes of Candy talking to the Candy Coated crew and when she's like, what guys? And then they talk all this shit about somebody. She goes like, come on. Like, I don't like that. Because it feels like you guys have been talking lots of shit about this person. And then you had to come on and do a scene where they talk all the shit. And then you get to be like, hmm, you think that's true? Like, I don't like this. And the fact that he's in drag, and this is not a place for him to be in drag, is like a spectacle. Like, I, it really feels like a very planned scene. But Leah seems unsure about it like annoyed even like she's like well we'll talk about that later we'll talk about that later and I'm like why are you so nervous about this isn't this why you asked him to come there that night like guys drag it's a lot to get in drag first of all drag is expensive um I mean I don't I I, I don't remember what kind of dress he was wearing but tucking your balls is <laughs> Like, if you want to get tucked, like, we, there better be a gig here. Like, there better be a reason. There better be a reason this person has stuffed their penis and balls back into their body. There better be a fucking reason and duct tape them in there. And so, like, even drag queens getting paid, like, take off. Drag hurts. Like, you're in these fucking heels. You've got, you've got shit on. Like, sometimes people literally glue shit on themselves. Like, it's, it's a lot. And so for him to get dressed in drag to come on this, I'm like, this was not, unless someone knows some behind the scenes and he was like on his way to a gig. I just, I don't understand why he's in drag unless he's here to make an entrance and to say what he wants to say about Marisol and get it on camera. I think that's what it is, but we'll get to further about what he's really mad about. Um, but I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm, I'm really not feeling it. Um, so Anna's getting ready for the anniversary party at the, at the club. And she and Mark had a big fight. Mark's her boyfriend, remember? Th that we hardly heard about. We heard all about Rodolfo. We heard all about her ex-husband. And her boyfriend was an offhand comment. And apparently he's upset she isn't officially divorced. Well, if you're worried about that, Mark, let me tell you about Rodolfo. Because he's been texting your girl... <laughs> So then Robert shows up, which is their ex. And I mean, he's still coming around. They've been separate for two years. And it comes up that Mark is mad because they aren't divorced. And Robert's like, okay, well, let's get, get divorced. And Anna almost shushes him and goes, we'll do it when we're ready. <laughs> Robert's like, I'm ready. We can just, we, we can do it. I've been ready for two years. And it makes sense, right? You guys have been separated for two years and you've been living your own life. He doesn't live there. Although he comes in and out like he does. But, I mean, and this is not for the sake of your young children. Your kids are fucking old, okay? They they understand what the deal is, and, and it, it just is what it is. But it's it's fine that he's, like, a big part of, of, of you guys' lives. 
it is interesting that he just shows up whenever to eat. That's weird. Um, I know that they want to do some like Demi Moore, Bruce Willis type thing, but here's the deal. <laughs> Bruce Willis moved on with a woman that's 25 years younger than him and living his life out here with no fucking mask on getting put out of pharmacies. And Demi Moore OD'd and had a seizure on fucking spice. So <laughs> things didn't go, things didn't go perfectly for them. And I think there is a big difference between being open and being in like, understanding that we are still a family regardless of who's married to who we're we're still going to be in each other's lives we're going to be there for all the things we're going to put aside our egos to show up for each other and also having no boundaries whatsoever and that this person can still come in and out of this house like it's theirs it's not his house anymore he's got a he's homie's got a 25 year old girlfriend over down the street see if she fucking cooks so already i think their setup is stupid Please don't mistake me saying I don't like blended families. I love blended families. I love when everyone puts their shit aside to just be like, I'm going to be here for my family. But that's not what this is. And here it is. Robert is asking for a divorce. He is ready. It's two years, two fucking years. It is time to get divorced. However, Anna is not ready. And what does that mean? That's a good question. What does that mean? We need to talk more about this and we will, but like I said, I don't, there's a lot of shit I don't get about Anna. So there are now at the, so now the next scene that we're at this pre-party and Lisa is still trying to get Daisy to drink. Remember Daisy is a recovering alcoholic. She's not drank for many years and, and Lisa is still offering her shots every five minutes. This is what I'm saying. You are not friends with Daisy because every time you see Daisy, you're trying to give her liquor. If you were actually friends with Daisy, if you hadn't met her a week and a half ago, you would stop offering her drinks. So get out of here. And so, so then Joanna and Marta get into it about being on their best behavior at night. Because remember, it's the club. It's, the, it's, it's not the opening. It's the club anniversary. And they're going to go. There's some backstory. Marta used to date the DJ at the club. Um... And he cheated on her with someone else. Um, that's what cheating is. He cheated on her with a woman that he didn't had a relationship with. He's still in a relationship with. Marta is very hurt. It's been a few months, but Marta's very hurt. As she is her right to be. So Joanna is worried that Marta's going to go to the club and make a scene. And Marta's like, I don't make a scene at the club. You make a scene at the club. And which seems to be true. Um... They start yelling at each other in front of Lisa. And I'm just going to be honest. The Krupa sisters seem like drama all the time. They yell a lot. And this is, I come from a long line of yellers. When my mother and her sisters get in the room, you can hear those bitches down the street. We're loud. We're loud people. And I am actively trying to get to the point where my first instinct isn't to be like, to raise my voice. Because I'm not even always mad. I'm just a loud person. I yell. And so... As someone who grew up with loud, with loud motherfucking women, I am saying the Krupa sisters yell too fucking much. So Karen, Karen, and Adriana arrive, and they're all still talking about Mama Elsa. Joanna is looks a little drunk, to be honest, and she she says that Mama Elsa looks scary and it breaks her heart. I don't think it breaks Joanna's heart. I think that she thinks Mama Elsa looks scary. She wants to know what that deal is. And, uh, and you know, they basically just say, you know, uh, 
It's not her fault. Like Adriana is basically saying, you know, I, it's not her fault. The plastic surgeon did her dirty. She's out here living her life, which is what, I mean, what, what else can you do? What do you do? You lock yourself up. That Mama Elsa seems like she's been in the life of a party for many years. She's, she's well known in Miami. She's, you know, what's she supposed to do? Lock herself in the house so nobody will ever see her again? You got to do what you got to fucking do. But it reminds me, I know, I, I, I know that plastic surgery is, has come a long way, but it reminds me of being careful about trying to fix yourself. You know what I mean? Like there's not, when you look at pictures of mama Elsa when she's younger, ain't fucking wrong with her. Ain't nothing wrong with her. I'm sure she aged fine. And I'm sure that older mama Elsa would still have been a beautiful woman, but a beautiful woman for her age. You know what I mean? And, and like, sometimes we don't need tweaks like that. But I mean, I, I think that if she, obviously if she could, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know what I mean? And I think she started getting silicone in the early days of silicone and it did a lot of scarring and all that. So Adriana breaks up the tension by asking Lenny how many breasts did the sushi and drinks cost? <laughs> Um, so they end up heading over to Met. We're all done. They're heading over to Met and the party. And Roman seems like he's bothered by them being there. I don't think Roman is excited to have them there filming. Um, he tells Joanna, cause Joanna's like, where's security? Joanna's drunk. Where's security? And, and he's like, they don't want to be your security anymore. Cause she's throwing drinks and ice and tampons. They're having fights and shit there. And Joanna says that was two years ago. And why is he talking about that? And the girls in the crowd appreciated the tampons. <laughs> Joanna, yeah, she gets into a lot of shit. Uh, Leah and Elaine show up and Lisa says, <laughs> Lisa, she's talking about Leah. She says, shoot me if I'm at a club at the age of 40. Okay, Lisa, let me go check your Instagram because you look like a piece of plastic and I'm sure you go to the club, <laughs> even during COVID probably. I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, shoot me, I wouldn't be at a club. <laughs> but, but you know why she's there? So what the fuck are you talking about? She's there because the show is filming. So Joanna asked Marisol. Marisol's there. She asked Marisol about the issue with um, Elaine not being able to walk the carpet or whatever. Mar- Mar- well, what she asked is, are they going to be doing the gala again? Marisol says, no, it's too disorganized. So she said she didn't want to do it anymore. Um, meanwhile, Leah's been telling everybody she fired her because she was because she didn't do what she was supposed to do. Joanna tells her that Elaine says that he didn't get to walk the red carpet and shit. And Marisol goes, oh, that was another client event where the client wouldn't let her walk. So Joanna screams, Elaine, and pulls her over there. Listen, I really enjoy, I enjoy that. Like, oh, she's saying this, come on over here. But Joanna's drunk. She And she mentions it in her talking head. And when she's drunk, she said things she shouldn't say. She is drunk. And so that is why she wants to have this big fight right now. Uh, why she's doing this right now. Personally, never fight with a drag queen. Never. Never fight with a drag queen. <laughs> Ever. It's not worth it. <laughs> so, I'm not saying drag queens aren't worth it. I'm saying it's not worth it to get into that. Okay? Never fight with a hairdresser either. Just don't. <laughs> so, Elaine says that Marisol, Elaine gets over there and she says, well, you've been talking big shit about me all over the streets and that someone told her that the reason Marisol wouldn't 
walk, let her walk the red carpet was because Elaine was going to steal all the oxygen out of the room. Marisol says she hasn't been talking shit about Elaine and that Elaine is Leah's best friend. And so she wouldn't deny her red carpet anyway at, at Leah's event, which makes a lot of sense. When did you get in trouble? Like, it's Leah's event. This is her best friend. Yeah, that makes sense. What? It makes, I mean, the two of them are arguing in circles, but what Marisol is saying sounds true, that this was another event where the client didn't want you to walk through. And all I did was, I, you know, I didn't let you walk because the client wouldn't. Um... <laughs> Marisol says she doesn't own the top PR com company in the, the the top PR firm in the country and doesn't know what she's doing. Excuse me, Marisol. You, I'm to believe that your PR firm is the top PR firm in the country. Marisol, she doesn't even seem drunk. <laughs> so. At this point, Joanna looks over the DJ booth and sees the DJ that broke Marta's heart. And again, she is drunk. Now, at first I was like, why didn't they just fire the DJ? And I was like, you can't just fire a DJ from a club. People come to the club for the DJ. That's People go to clubs to dance and the DJs are a big, a huge draw of it. So, like, they, they bring a, a crowd. They bring their own people. So, you cannot fire the DJ. Marta needs to go to some other club. Marta needs to stop hanging out. So I get why he's still there. But Joanna sees him and it all comes back to her. This man broke her baby sister's heart. I think Marta is like three years younger than Joanna. And so I'm very concerned about how she's a baby sister. When she was the baby sister, you were three. You were a baby too. So <laughs> whatever. I'm quibbling. This is a quibble. <laughs> but there she is. She broke her baby sister's heart. All right, so that's when she starts seeing red. Now, cut to Roman. Roman's sitting in the booth. He's got Karen on one side and Adriana on the other side. And Adriana is flirting hardcore with him. I forgot about this. Adriana's all laying on him, saying that Roman needs to try brunettes. And, you know, all he does is blunt. He saw chocolate with his vanilla. I... <laughs> Adriana stop. And Roman is doing his very is doing his best to kind of like politely and flippantly brush it off. Like not take anything too serious. Just be like, ah, you know. Um, it's kind of like a bartender type reaction to things. Like you kind of have to just nod your head and be like, you're so crazy. Like you really can't dissect what they're saying or get involved. You just kind of have to like everything kind of rolls off you a little bit, you know, because you get too involved, it's it's bad. Uh, but the way he's talking to her is like she is a drunk customer. And he's like, yeah, I've always been in the blondes. I've tried brunettes. It didn't work out. Blondes wake up pretty. I've, I'm all about blondes, especially my blonde. Like he's just very like, you know, not taking her very seriously. <laughs> and then Joanna shows up. She's walking up there. She's screaming and crying and beating her heart. <laughs> Like, something happened. But I don't think anything's happened. I think she just saw the DJ, and that's it. And, like, I don't think he's done anything to her. I think she saw him and was like, oh, I'm mad at him. 
Everyone keeps asking him what's wrong, and she's crying. She says she hates him. He did this to her baby sister. He hurt her. I hate him, Roman. Like, she, I don't, she's doing, like, community theater here. It is so weird. Um, Adriana starts talking. Well, Anna starts talking. I didn't even realize Anna was there. I don't even, was she in the background or something? But she, but I think she said something like important. She said it was embarrassing for anybody around there. And Roman agrees with her because he gets up and leaves. Um, Leah tries to hold him there, but he once again is very good at extracting himself from the situation. He just, he, I, he's, I think he's been in nightlife a very long time. And he did say he owned this bar for 10 years, this club for 10 years. He's just very much like, I'm getting away from this. So then Martyr comes over and starts screaming, what the fuck are you doing, you idiot? Why the fuck would you do that? And Joanna's screaming back, because I hate him. I hate him. Well, what did he do to you? Like, <laughs> just a couple of hours earlier, Joanna was like, you're not going to make a scene at the club tonight. And like, weird. Um, <laughs> and that's when Adriano's in her talking head goes, Roman needs to reconsider those blondes because they may wake up pretty in the morning, but they sure are ugly at night. And I was like, ooh, that's good, Adriana. So the last scene is like, I guess Joanna is caught up to Roman because they're like out on the street and he's telling her to calm down and she's screaming, Mother is my sister, my sister. And then she does that and he's like, then she does a drunk joker smile. Like she pauses and then she makes this slow, big ass smile that covers her whole face and she's like, you hate her, don't you? And then Roman just walks off into the night and that's the end of that first episode. <laughs> when we pick up the next episode, Joanna and Roman are going off to the beach. Um, they live at the beach, so they're just like walking to their to the beach. Uh, and you know, Roman basically wants to talk to her about being such a fucking slot bucket. <laughs> he says it's not the first time. Sorry doesn't really work because you keep doing it. Um, he doesn't want her to drink near him, and she acts crazy when she drinks. And she wasn't even supposed to drink that night. She was supposed to come and just support and not drink. And I think this is very telling of Joanna and Roman is that like. Joanna seems to be the type of person, if she even gets a little liquor in her, it's on. Anything can fucking happen. And I can't be around people like that. I don't like to babysit, but I will. You know I will. You know who I am. And so, but like, Joanna's absolutely the type of person I would never go out with anymore. I probably like, stop. I've known so many Joannas that like, you're like, oh, we're just going to go to a bar or a club real quick. Or, you know, it's just going to be a low key night. And the next thing you know, they're like, peeing on top of their car. Like, that's a real thing that happened. Um, I went out one night with just regular-ass server friends. We went down to the ocean side, like, in Virginia Beach, like, they call it the Strip, but it's, like, it's two, it's two streets, Atlantic and Pacific, that are just, like, bars and restaurants down at the beach. And so we went down there. We went to some fucking bar. I don't remember the name of the bar, but I do remember that a guy that was from Gulfport, Mississippi was in there, a white guy. And I spent like half the night talking to him. And I was like, definitely with my husband at the time we weren't married, but I, I like spent all this time talking to him and like hanging out with him and joking with him. And he asked for my number. And I was like, Oh no, I'm in a relationship. And he was like, what? I was like, what? 
you didn't ask me. <laughs> I just remember being like, oh, well, I mean, I lived in Gulfport as a kid and uh, we just were talking about, we we're just shit talking. But one of the things that happened in the fucking bar is that one of the girls we were with, I don't know, she wasn't just drunk. She was on some other shit. She always was. And um, passed out in the fucking bathroom, face down in some piss. <laughs> and they had to call an ambulance. Like, all kind of, like, she wasn't breathing. All kinds of shit was happening. So they put her in the ambulance. She seems to be okay at this point. And she comes out of the ambulance. First of all, she smells like piss because she's on the fucking floor of a bar, of a bar bathroom. And they were like, all right, let's go to another bar. And I'm like, we can't go to another bar. Uh, once the ambulance comes, you have to go home. Like, this is a, like, and she was the type of girl that, like, I didn't really like to go places with because she was usually drunk. There was just some sort of fight going on. She was just some drama of some sort. And it just felt like you could never have a night. You know what I mean? You could never have a night. It was always something. It was always, it was just always something. And Joanna seems like that girl. There's a fight. She's drunk. I don't know. Her heel breaks. Like, it's always fucking something. And you can't even have a good night. You can't even, like, you can't even maintain a nice buzz because, because she ruins it. Because I don't know about you, but my buzz leaves when the ambulance comes. So, um, he says he doesn't want Marta to come to the club at all. And he doesn't want Joanna to drink when she comes there. I, I don't think Marta should come to the club either because her ex is an important employee there or 1099, however they fucking pay him. But the ex needs to be there. And if she can't be in the club where her ex is DJing, then she can't be there. And Joanna doesn't need to drink there. And so if that means, if you can't not drink when you come, then don't come. And then he says he doesn't want to fight about it anymore. But he does bring up that Adriana was hitting on him. And he says he always, he mentions it because people are always hitting on Joanna and he thinks it's funny. Joanna doesn't think it's funny. She doesn't think that uh, Frederick would think it was funny either. And, you know, she she's pissed. So. Next, we see Adriana. She's having a photo shoot by a Latin American artist whose name I don't remember. And he's doing some work for his show at a fair. I don't, like, I feel like I know the name of that fucking fair. I know the name of that fair, but they don't say it. Um, but he he does photography. He does portraits. And he wants to feature Adriana in his exhibit, which she feels like is a big deal because she, you know, she's, been an art dealer. She loves art. She's been in all, all facets of art except for a subject. And so she really wants to do it. And Frederick comes to watch. And a photographer wants to do some topless shots. He does nudes. Adriana is hesitant. Um, and he's like, I do beautiful nudes. And she's like, I know, I know, I know. But I'm hesitant about it. She wants to talk to Frederick. Frederick. So they, they take them off to the side. And she's like, I don't want to be naked or topless, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, do it. Do it. <laughs> And he convinces her to do it. So when she, even while, so she takes off her top, she's doing, there are full shots. I'm sure there's some shots that, are, that um, they didn't show on the show because they have to be blurred or whatever. But I don't know why they wouldn't blur things. I don't know. It, it didn't seem anything too explicit. She didn't have her own nipple in her mouth or something like that. It wasn't crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? It wasn't a, like, there's a difference between being nude and explicit. You know what I mean? I don't think she was being explicit. She just didn't have clothes on. Um, and Fred, the thing that I found weird was that Frederick was taking shots. 
when the photographer, I was like, Fred, have you seen her naked? Don't take, like, that's weird. <laughs> um, so they finished that up and Karen, so then, so this is the part I was talking about with Rodolfo. Karen and her mother, Lucero, I think I'm saying her name. I like her, her name, like roll, Lucero rolls off my tongue. Or maybe it's Lucera. It might be. Um, so they're sitting in their backyard having wine and mom brings up that, brings up Rodolfo and says she hates him. <laughs> and I love, she's like, I hate him. Like, it was just so like, <laughs> how do I say this? It was so like, there was no preamble to it. You know what I mean? There was no like, you know, um, she, nobody asked her how she felt. She's just like, I hate him. And I love that. But um, the reason she hates her is because what Karen hasn't tell, been telling people is that Karen and Rodolfo were together and broke up. It's, um, they broke up for about six months. And it took Karen, Karen specifically says it took her a while to trust him fully when they get back together, which to me means that he cheated on her. Right? What else would you need to trust him about? Anyway, Karen took her back and her mother and her mother never did. And that's how it goes. Like, I mean, I don't blame Karen for letting her mother know what happened, but that's one of the reasons why I do not talk about like serious, serious stuff about my relationship is because if I do, not that my husband's cheating on me or beats me or anything, guys, it's nothing like that. But if, but even if, if I bring other people into our our arguments, they stay in there. You forgive the person and your family doesn't, your girl doesn't because you know, they roll harder for you than you do. So, and I, I don't blame Karen's mom either. I like, you're not going to cheat on my daughter. And she's, and then like, she describes that Karen was like devastated all this stuff. And then now you get back together and now we all supposed to live in the same house. I don't think so. I don't think so. And so this, this makes perfect sense why when we first saw Rodolfo and her parents that they was, they were not featuring him. So, uh, Lisa and Lenny are on their couch drinking coffee and talking about how she's stressed about the baby situation. So Lisa's had three miscarriages, which <sighs> miscarriages are hard. Um, I can't imagine wanting a baby terribly and having three miscarriages. Um, She's been through some stuff. Um, I also think, like, I think infertility stuff um, is really hard when you are trying. Like, like I said, I can never do IVF or anything like that because it it doesn't take on the first. It takes trials to do it. It's very expensive. And I'm just imagining myself paying all this fucking money to a doctor and asking this doctor to make science with my body every month and, like, feeling like a fucking failure when it doesn't work, even though I know the odds are that it doesn't take every, it takes a while. Even though I know that like, there's nothing wrong. Like I do not have a faulty body because it didn't take that. That's just how it goes. That's, that's how I would feel. I would feel like a fucking failure. I know how I am. I'm like, I just told you guys about a garden I'm going to be starting. And I'm like trying desperately to make sure I'm not spiraling about this fucking garden in the summer. I, that month, the hormones, the money, the big chance of failure shit would fuck with me. It really would fuck with me doing IVF. And, you know, I, I feel for Lisa. I, women's body, I always feel like women's bodies are so fucking complicated and they're not really complicated, right? 
it's just that the world is built for men. So we, we base everything on a baseline of what men do, right? Women's bodies aren't necessarily complicated, but there's just so much magic that happens inside of us. And, you know, I'm sure Lisa spent all of her twenties, um, trying not to get pregnant. (laughs) And then now she's trying to get pregnant and she's finding a hard time. I'm just saying, I'm just like, I feel for her. I really do. And I think three, three miscarriages, a lot of miscarriages. And I just bet it was hard for her. And so she's asking him, you know, do you think it's to do with my weight? Cause Lisa's underweight. I know she looks great. Like in this and pictures and stuff. And we're like, Oh, she's got a banging body, but Lisa's underweight technically because like she's got big boobs, but she's underweight. Um, and weight affects hormones being released. And especially for women trying to get pregnant, being underweight isn't great. I'm not saying you can't get pregnant underweight or overweight. I mean, you can get pregnant in all sorts of situations. Shit. But for optimal conditions, when you're already having fertility, like being underweight isn't great. But you know, Lenny's telling her, yeah, he definitely wants to have kids. He's 45 apparently. Uh, and he doesn't, I mean, he really wants to have kids. Uh, and he, he, he wants it to happen, but he makes it clear. He does not blame her. And like, they're just going to have to look at other options. And I think Lenny, he said the right thing. It's not her fault. It's just not happening right now. And he needs to be very supportive because while he is experiencing a loss, like he really wants to have a, a baby and everything, Lisa is ha- going through physical changes to do this. And it's very different from being in your office and looking at a video of somebody's kid and being like, damn, I wish I had a kid. It's very different than like going through three miscarriages. It's just different. Uh, my friend had a late, one of my oldest friends had a late miscarriage and it was like giving birth. And I think that was her third too. I just can't imagine. I can't. I absolutely cannot. Um, I mean, they're not ready to give up. They're going to keep going. Which, like I said, they do get it. They do have two kids, so that's great. I'm Like I said, I'm happy. I want people who want to have kids to be able to have kids who, who, who to get the resources they need to do so. They get the support they need to do so. And I want people who don't want to have kids to be able to get the resources they need not to do so, including birth control, abortions, all that. Like I, I, I do not think anybody who does not want to have a kid should be, I think in the best case scenario, if you do not want to have a kid, you should never have to worry about having a kid. That's how I feel. Um, so, all right. So the next scene is the show that Adriana did the shoot for. So he's at the exhibit. Adriana goes to the show and the photo that's displayed is not the topless one. She's happy about that. It honestly, I don't know what's so special about that portrait. I really don't, but it's a nice one. She's sitting on a trunk or a box of some sort. And, but it's, she thinks it's a little small. She wishes it was bigger and in the middle. The photo's called Adriana's Pandora box because she's sitting on a box in his, and she's excited because when she got there, it's already been sold and everything. Now, Karen and Leah show up. I guess she invited them. And Leah has a lot of like negative smart aleck things to say. Like, did you buy it? And, oh, you think you're a, 
you think you're a supermodel now and you've been posing nude? Because I think Adriana, because Adriana didn't know what picture it was going to be. And Leah asked if she could bring RJ and Alex, which are, you know, their boys who are very, very good friends. And Adriana told her not to. Um, Because I didn't mention it, but one of the things that that Adriana was concerned about was that, like, I have a son and I don't want my nips on the internet. <laughs> and you know, I, I'm, I'm a serious, I'm an art dealer. I just, I'm a professional woman. I just do not want nudes of me out there, you know, which I can completely understand. But Frederick told her Alex is not a baby. And he has to grow up sometimes. Listen, Alex is going to see your tits eventually. Okay. So don't worry about it. <laughs> But Adriana didn't have Leah bring the boys because of this. So, but Leah's got all these negative things to say, saying Playboy's going to be calling you soon. (laughs) That's literally how Leah sounds. (laughs) Um, You know. And at the same time, Karen is cozying up to the artist and like, Asking him questions and saying, like, you know, when are you going to do my portrait? Let's set that up. <laughs> and Adriana is annoyed by it. Listen, I get it. The reason the girls don't like Karen is that she is absolutely someone who try who she's a social climber. That's that's it. She's a social climber. And maybe. No, I feel like I knew people like her in 2012. I, maybe it's more common now than it was in 2012, and that's why people are so turned off by it, but that is absolutely how people act. And I don't even think it's in bad intentions. Like, Karen is a very beautiful woman. Um, she's a dentist, she's a professional, but, like, there is no reason why that man wouldn't want to photograph her, wouldn't want to do her portrait as well. And so, like, if you see, like, I don't know. I don't think what she did was so bad. Adriana does not own that man. And he takes pictures of a lot of women, and... There's no reason why he couldn't take pictures of Karen. And also, he is not being forced to. The fact that Karen was like, I love these. Well, let's set up a time. You should do me too. Let's up. That's, I don't know. I I didn't find that, like, obnoxious. And I think for Karen, for Adriana, it's more like, you see that I've already done this, and now you're trying to do it too. Um, Leah didn't like it either. Leah was like, this is, we're here for Adriana, not for Karen to get her picture taken. So I don't know what, but I, I just didn't, I didn't feel it. So Leah leaves, (laughs) they're going to go see the rest of the exhibits, but Leah's like, oh, I only came here to do this. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) She leaves. And when she does, Karen brings up to Adriana that, listen, like, I know Leah's your friend, but like, she's. She picks at you a lot. She calls it nice nasty, which is exactly what it was. It was, she was really taking Adriana down a peg, which is, I mean, it's fine, I guess, um, to take the piss out of people, but I don't know. She she just had a lot of them, you know? It wasn't one thing. It wasn't two things. It was three or four, and Adriana was so proud of this, and I'm not saying that, that I'm not saying that Adriana has, like, had something hung in the Louvre. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that, like, it was a big deal for Adriana, and she seemed proud. And so for you to get there and for you to be making a lot of negative jokes about it, I just felt like, okay, Leah, stop. You know, it really makes it clear that she doesn't take Adriana very seriously, which is fine, but they've been, like, like Adriana told Karen, they've been friends for, like, seven years. 
their boys are very close friends. Like she is a close friend of hers. And so, you know, act like that, Leah, act like that. So that's when Adriana Karen go to another exhibit. It's a kinetic art exhibit, connect me's movement and his art moves. Um, like the picture moves. And maybe I'm not saying that right, but more like he creates installations with with uh, elements that move, so it changes the art. Okay, that's as far. Watch the fucking show. But so you know, Adriana's a big fan, and she's talking to I'm assuming an assistant of his that's like manning the booth. And the assistant goes, "Well, you know, the artist is here, and apparently this artist does not come." out very often and Adrian's been a big fan for a long time and so the the assistant was like you can meet him if you want and Adrian was really hyped about this so he comes he's a famous guy Adriana is speaking to him in Spanish and French I you know he seems multilingual as well and she's telling him that she's his that he is her master that she's been studying him and following him and is so excited to see him and you know, so excited to meet him today. It's such a big day for her. And she asks him, can she take a picture and tweet it? Which I thought was nice that she asked, could she take a picture? And then she said the next part, can I tweet it? Which, you know, a lot of people don't ask, can they put it on social media? And the man says to her in French, she says, which is important because Karen speaks Spanish and English. And Adriana is speaking to this man in Spanish, English, and French. She says, the man says to her in French, I do not normally do that because he's a reclusive guy. He doesn't go out and he doesn't do a bunch of pictures, doesn't do all that. Um, I do not usually do that, but for you, I will. Because apparently, because she's such a big fan, okay? Um, and she knows so much about art and she appreciates his art. This is according to Adriana. Because she says, can I tweet it to my Twitter fans who I tweet about art all the time? And I'm like, like, thinking about 2012 Twitter and 2021 Twitter and I'm just like, Get over yourself, Adriana. <laughs> but <laughs> so, so they take the picture. It's great. She's gonna still talking. And then when that was done, Karen says, "Can I take a picture as well?" I mean, they're standing here together. They both came to the, you know, Adriana just took a picture, and so she does. She says, "Thank you." They 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 kiss. He says he wants a double kiss. She gives him a triple kiss. It seems fine. It seems fine. Okay. And then uh, his assistant leads him somewhere, you know, he's wherever he was going to the bathroom, wherever. And that's the end of that. Except for Adriana is already complaining because she feels like Karen doesn't deserve to get the photo because one, she doesn't know who that man is. Two, the man told Adriana was the was the person that he was going to take for only for Adriana and her tweeter fans because that's another thing. Adriana keeps saying tweeter, my tweeter fans, and so. <laughs> She feels like it was rude of Karen and Karen only cares about being with someone famous, being around someone famous. Later, Karen does admit that she does not know who this man is, that he seems to be a famous artist and Adriana's taking a picture and so she takes a picture too. Again, I don't see much wrong with this. I really don't. He is there, you two are there in a party together. He asked for a picture, he said yes. She asked for a picture. He said yes, and no one forced him to do it. Now, maybe he felt obligated. I don't know. Maybe he was like, Adriana is an amazing art dealer. She she knows so much about my work, and she called me her master, <laughs> and she's going to tweet it to her, tweet her friends. I don't know, but that's not what, that's not what it looked like, 
But Adriana is pissed because here's the other thing. Adriana, Karen tweeted it before Adriana could. So not only <laughs> does she get the same picture that Adriana, who is an art master that's gone to the Sorbonne, <laughs> get. this dentist also tweeted before Adriana could tweet it. So now her picture is the first picture out there and not Adriana's. She beat me to the tweet. That's what she says over and over again. She's very pissed about it. Okay. I really think this is more about you. Again, you wanted something. You wanted something. You wanted it just to be for you. And unfortunately, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, anybody who was sitting there could get a picture. So, Joanna is doing a winter party. Is it a winter white party? They just say winter party, which is like um, an LGBT uh, an LGBT event in Miami uh, where they just run. I guess it's winter. It's winter down there, but they all in they all in bathing suits. Now, I say LGBT because that's what they said. Um, you know, there's a lot more letters now, but so. They're, they're asking her to do a dance, like a performance, because she used to be on Dancing with the Stars, and she's a Miami fixture at this point, and then she's been on Dancing with the Star two years earlier. So she's not, Dancing with the Star is grueling, grueling. It is daily workouts, daily practices. Then you got to go do the shit. People voting on you, people talking shit about you. Like, it's, it's hard. And, you know, she's not in Dancing with the Stars shape. Not that Joanna's out of shape at all. Joanna's beautiful. She's got a great body. But when I say shape, I mean muscles, limberness, like the shit you need to dance. Like you can be a, you can have a hot body and like not, not be able to do shit with it. So she, so she says, she said yes, even though she's worried people think she can dance. Now she was on Dancing with the Stars. She gets there and it's a lot of choreo, okay? And she's not a dancer. Choreo is hard to understand or hard to learn. Even if you, even people who are great dancers don't pick up choreography like that, you know? Some people need to like really work with it. It takes them a long time to pick up the moves. And it only looks that good because it only looks that good because they practice it so much. And I know nothing about this because I cannot dance. But like I said, all I do, not all, but a lot of what I do is watch dance practice videos on YouTube, especially for K-pop. That's how, that's how they got me with the K-pop shit because I love to watch the practice. And with the practice videos, like I've said before, is that you can get to see the whole choreography, which, which you can't in a, in a music video because they're doing other shots, you know? They're doing um, acting shots and face shots and things like that. Um, but when you watch the dance videos, you get to see the entire choreography from start to finish. Um, essentially what they would do if they were on stage performing the song. And so like, yeah, it's, it's incredibly, it's, it's, it's not easy for even trained people, you know? It's not like, there are stars that don't pick up choreography, pop stars that dance for a fucking, dance and singing for a living that don't pick up choreography perfectly. Go back and watch, um... Beyonce's homecoming where she where you're watching video of her just learning the steps 
and she's making mistakes and she's talking about how lots of people don't want to don't want to do dance practice because you're not an expert in it. So by the time you learn, like if you're a pop star that tours, by the time you learn the dance, the dance is yours at that point. Because first, so first you got to learn the steps. You got to learn where to be. Then you have to get the, the, the intricacies of the steps down. Then you have to make it your own and like put your own stank on it. Like uh, the be sexy part, the part where your facial movements are. Like these are all like phases of learning the choreography. And so like lots of people don't like the dance practice, don't like dance practice because you are a learner at that stage. And when, once you've learned the choreography and you're performing it, like, you know, fucking every night over a year, like, yeah, that's your core. You, like you feel very confident in it. Um, I am somebody who like at the beginning stages of things, I I'm very hard on myself learning stuff and I'm always trying to learn stuff. So I'm always hard on myself, <laughs> but like, it's, it's just, it's just a stage of it. All this to say that I've, no one in their right mind thought that Joanna was going to walk into that and just pick up those steps. But Marta, she brought Marta. Marta, I don't know why. Marta, go home. There's too much Marta for me, for my liking. Marta, go, go do your own life. So she gets in there. So she brings Marta. Marta's yelling at her while she's trying to do the thing. The, the, the fucking choreographer is, is over it. <laughs> and she and Marta are arguing and shit. And Marta's like, you gotta be sexy. And Joanna's like, I'm trying to learn the steps, which is true. You gotta learn the steps. And then you put your sexy on it. And I, I don't know. It was a bit of a disaster. And like, I've had my fill of Marta at this point. I want Marta to go somewhere. Um... Where am I? I just lost my notes. Oh, so as we, so, what's happening is there's another party, right? Um, for this for this fair exhibit, I'm I assume this is Art Basel. <laughs> they are not saying it though, and I don't understand why they're not saying it. I don't know. Okay, I'm not gonna stop. So they're so they're at another exhibit, a party for um, the next day of the fair. Art Basel, I'm sure. But, um, so they're getting ready and Adriana's loaning her dolly to, she calls it a dolly. Um, she's probably pronouncing it correctly and I, and we do not, Salvador Dali, um, to an exhibit. Like, Adriana has some shit. She has some art. Imagine her that shit on a boat. Shit. <laughs> and... So she's, you know, they're doing a little scene where do you have bubble wrap, blah, blah, blah. And so when she gets there at the, at the party, at the exhibit and party is Anna, Leah, Alexis, and James. James is there, not Elaine. They didn't bring, and they ask her, where's your friend? And then they do the talking motion with their hands. And Andrea's like, oh no. <laughs> and the reason that they didn't bring, she didn't bring, basically Adriana's had enough of her. When they sit down, James calls Marisol, who is not there, a drunk. And Alexia, who is there, um, sticks up for her. And I was like, dude, Alexia's a good friend. I, mean, I don't think she's a good parent, which you talked about. <laughs> but she's a good friend because she sticks up for her. And then she says, you know what? 
I'm not going to sit here and listen to you talk badly about Marisol, who's not here. And that's my friend. And Marisol isn't like that, which you're saying that she's been doing. And you could just talk to her if you felt like it, which they've already had a conversation. So James is still walking around talking shit. Um, again, I just do not, I feel like he, he was brought here to talk shit, which is why I don't like him. It's not like he was just casually there. I feel like he has been brought along to say the things that Leah's not going to say. And that makes me dislike Leah and dislike James. So, but Alexia gets up and walks away. And I was like, damn, Alexia's kind of a good friend. Like, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about the fact that like, she's just like, no, you're not going to do that to my friend in front of me. Anna's arguing too. She's basically like, you know, just telling James that if he has a problem with Marisol, he should speak to Marisol and not about Marisol when she's not there and certainly not calling her a drunk. And, you know, between Leah and James, they do a lot of shit talking about Marisol to Anna, um, about how she's an event planner, not a PR rep and how her company's little. I mean, I just fucking said that shit. I basically implied that, but the coming out from James, it feels gross. It just feels gross and how she thinks she's doing, and she's, and he's not, He's not uh, taking down her company. Her bad, her her bad, she can't do the job is taking down her company. And it also seems overblown for the fact that you couldn't get on a red carpet one time. And also you guys seem to be mistaken about which red carpet. And it just, the James saying all the stuff that it feels like Leo wants to say, I don't like any of this. I really don't. And it makes Leo look bad. It makes me hate James. So, also going on at this party, Adriana is over there telling everyone about the story of she beat me to the tweet, except she's telling the story real wild. Like she got care. She, <laughs> if, if, if we're to believe the story that Adriana told us, which is not, which we don't because we just saw it on camera. Karen was throwing herself left and right and going, I want a picture. Give me a picture now. Like she's got <laughs> carrots. <laughs> she's got carrots sounding like a wild animal. And so <laughs> she's she, like, Adriana's giving it to her. <laughs> um, at least it's listening. She feels uncomfortable. She's friends with Karen. Um, <laughs> so the next day what happens is that Karen, Joanna and Lisa all meet up and Lisa tells them about the shit talking that was going on at the party the day before again this is requisite um, I would prefer we skip these parts and go right to the next time that Karen sees Adriana that's what I would prefer I don't need a recap of a recap of a recap um, and interspersed with this Marisol and Anna meet up to talk about of the shit that James and Leah are talking about her. So these dinners are going on at the same time. Maybe not the same time in real time, in like time, but the same time on the TV. And the next, so next scene is Anna. Next thing we get is another scene of Anna and her kids. I don't like Anna's kids. I'm sick of Anna's kids. Uh, first of all, it's too much butt humor. It's very Captain Underpants. If you guys have not seen Captain Underpants or read Captain Underpants, it's a lot of farty butt stuff. And it's a lot of nine-year-old boy stuff that they fucking love, and I'm happy for them, but I'm so fucking annoyed with it. I'm just like, I can't watch any more farts. I just can't. And her kids are like that. And her everything's fucking funny. Everything's a thing. And I'm just like... <sighs> and I guess they get it from their father. She says they get it from her father. And he's a jokey type, too. And I'm just like... 
I would have left th this whole fucking family a long time ago. It's not that the jokes, because I do like a funny, I do like funny kids. What I don't like is kids that try this hard. Um, she, she's got, she has to lock her closet because they steal her stuff. Anastalis comes up to help pick out her stuff. The girls are ye yelling, wear purple. The gays love purple. And then they dance. They talk about Anna and her stylist coming out of the closet and being lesbians. I, I hate these kids. I, I want to see less of these kids on TV. Um, Joanna's getting ready for the party too. And she said that at 4 a.m., she's tired because at 4 a.m., someone called her to tell her that Roman had been making out with a dancer at the club. They called <laughs> at 4 a.m. First of all, they wouldn't have, my phone wouldn't even ring. My phone doesn't ring for unknowns and the shit don't ring after a certain time because it's got a do not disturb on it. Don't let me be your, uh, you're in case of emergency. All my case of emergencies are in this fucking house. And so <laughs> don't let me, don't call me from jail. You better leave a message because I am not picking up. So they call her. They didn't text her. They call her. It's an employee at the club. Um, Marisol believes it. And she says it's because they don't have sex. And Joanna said it can't be that because, because that's not something new, implying that they haven't had sex for years. That's not something they do. Roman shows up and Joanna makes Marta leave the room. I don't know why. Marta's in all your fucking business. I don't know why. Um, she tells Roman, like, you guys, maybe I'm misunderstanding. I don't have sisters. I grew up with all men and my mother. And, you know, when my, when I got married, my husband has six sisters and like, get into this world of sisters was real like, what? That's what you guys do? That's how you do it? I don't get it. But I I just don't understand why Marta is so much in Joanna's business. Marta needs her own life and you need to stop telling Marta everything. Because also Marta can't keep a secret, which we'll see in a minute. So Joanna tells Roman that one of his employees called, says so he's making him a dancer. He doesn't deny it. He just laughs and says, would I do that? This is too much. He doesn't deny it, which is hard for me. I want to hear, no, the fuck I didn't. And I like, I don't want to hear <laughs> me. No, what are you talking about? I don't want to hear that. Joanna says that's how they met her. I guess her and her ex-boyfriend went to the club and she made out with Roman and you know, You know, Roman just kind of laughs it off and Joanna decides to believe him, even though she doesn't really, she's decided she's going to believe him. I certainly don't believe him. And I also don't think you can turn an alley cat into a house cat. And that's not a judgment on like how many people someone slept with. I'm saying that an alley cat is out in these streets. Okay. That's their home. That's where they want to be. That's what they do. And so if you're out on these streets, you at a club all night that you got to do that shit three, four nights a week, five, it's Miami. So people probably go out fucking Tuesday on. So <laughs> you have to, you got to be there all that time. You have all these fucking women, you shaking hands, you, you know what I'm saying? You're just out there being a Miami club guy. That's alley cat status in my, in my book. And so that means that you live in a, a certain type of lifestyle and me asking you to come in here and be a house cat doesn't work. You got to want to be a house cat. You got to really, and even then it don't always work. You got to want it for yourself though. I can't want it for you. I don't even know if Joanna wants it. I just find that like, 
I just would find it hard to date somebody who's in nightlife like that. Not that, and I don't mean this like, oh, well, he's always out. That's not what I mean. I mean, he's in nightlife, like his headspace is in nightlife. Because my husband works nights, and like I've talked before, um, if my husband wants to go to a club with his friend or go to a house party or something like that, I don't care. I, I don't want to go most times. I'll go sometimes, but I don't want to go most times. And he is free to stay out as long as he needs to. And I think I was talking about this with the bonus episode. So I'm talking about couples therapy and John Gosling was talking about how his marriage ended. And essentially he went out and he stayed out till 4am and she knew and she didn't care. And I was like, that wouldn't end my marriage because if I don't, I don't, I don't like clubs. I'm not really into like shit like that. And so, and every now and then my guy, my husband wants to go. So if like he wants to go and he's drinking, I don't ever want him to drive drunk. I want him to stay wherever the fuck he is. Um, and if that's at somebody's house and stay there, if you got to spend a night there, stay there. And so like, and also 4am isn't that late to me because he's always worked nights. So if he went out and he came back at 4am, as long as, I don't know, as long as we talked about it and like, like when I go to sleep, I, if he's out, if he's at work or he's out or something like that, not now we're in a fucking pandemic, but I'm talking about pre-pandy. I, we always talk before I go to sleep and I tell him I'm going to sleep and I tell him that, uh, you know, I go over like, please don't drive drunk. Please don't even like a couple of drinks. I, I really want you to just stay where you are. And like, that's, we have those conversations and he'll be like, ah, oh, it looks like it's going to be three. Um, I'm not really drinking. And so, you know, I had a beer earlier tonight, but, but it looks like we're going to be out at three. I'm going to drive home or so-and-so is going to drop me off or whatever. Like that's, that communication is fine by me. The time doesn't matter. So I'm not talking about Rome and being out all night and being in a club. I'm talking about alley cat status. Like you hanging out with night people, you doing night people things, <laughs> night people, <laughs> but you understand what I'm trying to say here. He's, his head is in nightlife and unfortunately, a lot of times that means that you get cheated on. Uh, a lot of things seem okay in a club. <laughs> I also, it doesn't help. Like I don't, when you add this to the fact that Roman, that you and Roman do not have sex, and haven't had sex in a long time, and add that to the fact that he's upset with you because you've been acting out. He's also frustrated with your living situation because martyrs always there. Like I believe, I believe it happens. I do, but I also understand where Joanna's at. Like if she has to believe, if she has to, if she decided to happen, she has to do something about it. And they did mention at one point, Marta said, "Well, you have to find someone else to live because." Th- and I'm just like, you too, Marta. Because <laughs> you don't have a fucking place to live. But like, they, she'd have to go over in her own place because there's no way, like you can't live here anymore. This is his place. Like, believing that it happened fucks up your whole world. But not believing that it happened, well, you just keep doing the same thing you've always done. So I see. Um... So, and then the other thing that makes me suspicious is that he's all lovey-dovey with her now, kissing and hugging her and shit. He hasn't acted like that this whole fucking show. He's mostly been like, get off of me. So I'm like, oh, you did something, bruh. You did something. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah. So everyone's at the winter party. Elaine pulls up. Uh, Lisa's cover up to show her thong. It's like, if you got it, show it. I don't know. I... 
Lisa's wearing a thong because she's got a banging ass body, but she's also wearing a cover up. So it it is not Elaine's duty to pull up her cover up while they're dancing. And I think it's gross. And it does not matter that Elaine is dressed like a woman. Elaine is a man showing, it does not matter that James is gay. Elaine, James is a man and he is pulling up uh, Lisa's clothes to show her ass cheeks when she did not ask him. And I don't like that. And I already don't like James. So now I really don't like him. Um, Marisol's having a hard time dancing in wedges. <laughs> and then how Marisol is. Marisol so Marisol's got like such a whiny face voice and a whiny face. And she's like talking to these gay guys who are dancing in sneakers or something. And it's like, it's too easy. You guys are dancing in sneakers. I have wedges. Like, <laughs> she absolutely should have been a friend of. <laughs> <sighs> then Marta shows up before Joanna does and tells everybody Joanna's business, which is what I meant by Joanna, like less Marta. Um, she just walks over and is just like, guess what happened? Roman's cheating on Joanna. And if it's true, I'm going to cut his balls off. I'm like, no, you aren't. If it's true, you're going to have to find a new place to live, bitch. So Joanna starts dancing. Roman walks her over to the thing. She starts dancing. And while she's dancing, everyone's doing talking heads. Um, juxtaposed against her dancing. Lisa says that no one deserves to be cheated on, but especially not someone who looks like Joanna. And Marta says it's more about chemistry. Marta Marisol says it's more about chemistry. And that Joanna and Roman seem to have chemistry. So she doesn't understand it. Um... Leah says that they absolutely look like the perfect Miami couple, but looks can be deceiving and relationships are complicated. I think they're all right. I mean, I, I, I do think Lisa, hot women get cheated on all the time. It has nothing to do with being hot. I do think that Marisol saying they have chemistry is from watching them. I think Leah is the most true that like they do, they look like your perfect Miami couple. That doesn't make, make them your perfect Miami couple. So after the dance, I mean, she does fine. She does fine. It's most, I mean, she's dancing and it's mostly, you know, Joanna's got a lopsided face, right? Her smile is lopsided. She kind of smiles harder on one side than the other. And so she almost is like she's sneering all the time or smirking all the time. And so it works for the dance and they're mostly moving her. She just needs to be in the right place, which is, I think was a good, you know, a good idea. But afterwards, Roman runs up on her and is so exciting and so happy for her and wants her to dance. She's like, you, he's like, you know what they told me? You should dance at Mint. It's like a minute ago, she couldn't come to Mint. What are you talking about? <laughs> so we get a talking head with Joanna saying that, you know what? The truth will come out in the end and it will. <laughs> so, um, that's it guys. Um, I got two episodes done in two hours, which proves that if I stop talking about myself, I can actually get a lot done. Interesting. I mean, I'm not going to follow that, but you know, it's interesting to hear myself say it guys next week. I will see you guys next week. Till then. Bye.